Welcome to Arise Church, where we exist so that you can experience God. I pray that this message will encourage, inspire, and grow your faith in God. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. It's such an honor and such a privilege for me to share the Word of God with you this morning. I just want to welcome you all uh, to our service today. I believe that God is here to touch your life, and I'm so thankful that you joined today to experience God's presence. I want to welcome our online viewers today. Uh, we are so thankful for you to uh, join with us. May God bless you. This morning we had a powerful service and uh, somebody who was watching online was planning to, you know, thinking about suicide. God spoke to them and God is amazing that his love really transforms life. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So if you are new here, I just would love to introduce myself. My name is Pratyash Thomas, and I'm here at Arise. Uh, um, I have the privilege of being the director of mission and outreach here, along with my wife, and it's, it's an amazing journey here at Arise. Amen. We are seeing God moving everywhere. You know, <coughs> at Arise, we have this, uh, uh, you know, culture of celebrating what God has done in the past week. We had an outreach here at Brandon, uh, near to the Brandon Parkway, and uh, we just reached out to people with bottle of water and few dog treats early in the morning. People are going for, you know, early morning walk and everything. Man, it's so awesome that God began to touch people. Amen. We could reach nearly 100 people in just an hour and a half. So I'm excited, and I just want to encourage you being, you know, the director of mission and outreach. I want more people because the harvest is plenty. Amen. Amen. If you're ready to walk with us, you know, come early in the morning. Let's go for a walk and we'll hand over you some, some touch cards and things like that. We are here to share the love of God that we are experienced to other people. And also, we had an amazing testimony this week that a boy, a 10-year-old boy who was diagnosed with some kind of problem with, with his bone marrow and he was supposed to go for a bone marrow transplant. And uh, we had the privilege of praying for him, and it's so amazing that this boy was admitted in the ICU, and two days later when they were going for the transplant, when they went for the deep checkup, you know, the detailed checkup, they found that the baby or the boy is completely healed. Man, our God is alive. Jesus is alive. You know, I'm so excited today because I'm here to preach about a living God. And I, I believe like sometimes I might get excited, so please forgive me because I'm an excited preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. So thank you for joining once again. You know, like uh, this week was awesome, especially this was my first Thanksgiving here in America. Man, I wish that we should have at least two Thanksgiving every year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I had that, you know, my first time experience having the turkey with Indian spices. I tell you, American people, you need to try more Indian spices. You will love it. You know, we had that, you know, amazing lunch together. It was awesome, and I believe that you also had a good Thanksgiving. May God bless you all. Today, we are going to share from the Word of God, and uh, the, the portion that I'm going to share with you is a very familiar portion, and, and the title of my message is Infinite Exchange. 
I want to uh, turn your attention to a passage from the Gospel of John. I will not be reading the whole uh, verses, but I will be focusing from John chapter 4, verse uh, 4 till 10, because that will be my passage. But uh, we will be going from, you know, scripture to scripture, like a couple of verses. I love this passage from John chapter 4 because it really touched my life. It's a passage that really transformed my life years before. A couple of months ago, like uh, when I was sharing here, I shared a little bit testimony about how God changed my life when I was 16 years. So before that, um, before that encounter with God, I went through a, you know, a seven years of depression and kind of, you know, evil attack in my life. It really tormented me. And thank God, just like Jesus met the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus met me at my brokenness. Amen. The reason why I'm sharing today, the reason why I'm standing here and preaching the word is because Jesus transformed my life. Jesus restored my life. So this, you know, passage speaks about, we all know, but I'm just going through a, a look around it. You know, a, a, a woman, like there is, her name is not mentioned, but it's mentioned that she was a woman from Samaria. She was known as the Samaritan woman, and she had a direct encounter with Jesus. And this, uh, you know, encounter with Jesus is so amazing that within few hours, maybe, I don't know how much minute it took, but I don't know the time, exact time, but that one encounter with Jesus transformed her life. Jesus restored her relationship with God with that encounter. And it's so amazing that when you have your relationship with God restored, he will also restore your relationship with other people. Oh, somebody didn't respond to it. You know, coming to church and being at God's presence, it will not just help you to grow spiritually, it will also help you to grow your relationship with one another because that's what the Bible says. He didn't just teach us to love God, but he said, love God and love your neighbors. Because, you know, the, the, the picture of cross, you can see a vertical and a horizontal line in it because God, through Jesus, restored our relationship with, the, with God. And not only that, he wants us to have a restored relationship with one another. So this woman who had been going through that struggle with her relationship with God and with her relationship with one another, God through one encounter, Jesus through one, you know, direct encounter restored her whole brokenness. Let me tell you this thing, you know, this message this morning. You might be here with a lot of brokenness in your life. You might be having a past life to share about, which is completely messed up with a lot of things, you know. You might be having a lot of broken memories, but there is one thing that God is speaking to you today. He is a God of restoration. He is right here to change your life. Amen. Just like I shared, you know, I was raised in a Christian family, and my dad was a pastor. He's still a pastor. He's an amazing man of God. I have a blessed family, but even being born up in a Christian family didn't change my life. Sometimes we think that being, you know, coming to church, coming to Sunday service, you know, that's enough. No, you need to have a personal relationship with God. 
So until I had that personal relationship with God, let me tell you, even though I was a Christian by name, I still had a broken life. But the moment Jesus came into my heart, the moment I opened up my heart for him to enter, the moment I gave him a space to work in my life, he began to work through me and he began to work in me. So today, I'm here to declare that God wants to walk in you and then work through you. Sometimes we just, we just stop at that point where we want God to work in us. But let me tell you, the story also speaks about something that Jesus through that encounter worked in her first and then when you know when when God restored her life she didn't stop there she began to take that 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 good news to the other people I believe somebody in this place God is going to enlighten you God is going to empower you so that your restored life is not it's not supposed to be hidden you need to reveal it to others so that cities and people around you shall know Jesus through your life I was so blessed in the morning, somebody came up to me and was sharing to me like, Pastor, this is my life. I went through that brokenness. I went through that kind of rejections in my life, but Jesus restored my life. See, let me, I, I, just, wanted, I, I just want to take you through the scripture one by one. You know, um, the, the story, the passage starts with this message or with this verse from John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Jesus needed to go through Samaria. You know, when I, when I reached this, read this portion, you know, like it says Jesus needed to go through Samaria. It means he was not just going there. He, 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 there, was a, there was a force. There was a compulsion for him to go there. There was a reason for Jesus to go through Samaria. And you know what is the reason? When I share about the reason, that will excite you. So, you know, you know that Jesus was a public figure at that time. He was a, a man with a lot of fame. A man, you know, like people wants to touch, man people wants to hear. He had that amazing authority from God. You know, sick, are being, sick people are healed, deaf people are raised. A man who speaks to 10,000s and 5,000s is now here at Samaria and he says Jesus need to go through Samaria because he is not there to preach to 5,000. He's there to meet one person. Yes. You know, this is, uh, this is what I love about the gospel. The gospel is not just about the numbers. Sometimes we think it's all about the numbers. Sometimes we think it's about the crowd. It's not about the crowd. Jesus loves you personally, and he is ready to come down at any point, anywhere you are. You might be thinking you are the only person, but he can still come down. I've seen this like, you know, we are in this age of social media where people having a lot of subscribers on YouTube and, you know, Facebook followers, Instagram followers. Man, once it cross, crosses a limit, people are so excited and they don't talk to others. It's not easy for, to, for you to approach them. But my Jesus is different. You can approach him at any time. You can approach him at night. You can approach him in the darkness. You can approach him in the time of pain. Anywhere you are. 
are, you can still go to that throne room. Today, God is here to tell you, you might be thinking, I am in the worst place, but there you can cry out to God. As you call Abba Father, he will come down to you to help you. I love to preach that. Because that's what Jesus did in my life. I thought nobody would accept me. I thought, you know, when I was going through that time of depression, I remember one time, one of the believers in our church came to my dad and, he sa- and the person said, you know, you cannot save your son, then how can you minister, us to, minister to us? I felt so broken. Let me tell you, I even felt like running out of my church. But let me tell you, Jesus reached out to me. Jesus reached out to me. So this is the words that Jesus starts the conversation or, you know, the passage starts with this words. It says, Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Why? Because he wants to meet one person. You might be the only person in your family. You might be the only person. You might be that, 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 that person that nobody loves. You might be that person that nobody, you know, like recognizes and accepts. But let me tell you, Jesus loves you unconditionally. Verse 4 says he needed to go through Samaria. And when it comes to verse 5 and 6, it says that he just didn't, he, he didn't just come to Samaria. But the verse 6 says he came and he waited at the well, you know, at the, at the uh, sixth hour. That's what it says, right? It says like that Jesus came to the well at the sixth hour to meet this woman. See, sometimes, sometimes as we go by, we meet somebody, Right? Are you getting me? Amen. Like I meet a lot of people. Man, I'm a crazy guy. <laughs> you know, sometimes I meet people at the grocery store, sometimes at the Home Depot, anywhere I meet, I share Jesus. That's me. <laughs> but, but here, it's, it's not just like while he was passing by Samaria, he saw somebody. No, don't take it like that. He was not just passing by that place. He went to Samaria. He, he, he moved over there, and he waited at that well, at the sixth hour, to meet that woman. Amen. How many of you have that, that testimony to share today? Brother, Jesus met me at my brokenness. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when I was reading, when I was reading this passage, I was just thinking, I was just imagining this picture in my, in my, in my heart. Like, think about this. Jesus, you know, the creator of the whole universe, sitting on a, on a piece of rock, waiting for a woman to come. And, and, and what is the special thing about this woman? She's, she's not a good person. Like, you know, according to the scripture, she was an unfaithful lady. She was not faithful in her relationship. She was a sinner. She was somebody like people didn't want to talk to. But still, Jesus wanted to have a relationship with her. Jesus wanted to open her heart and heal her. Today morning, let me tell you, you might be watching through online. You might be sitting in a different place. But let me tell you, the presence of God can come down right at the place where you are. And he can touch you. He can transform your life. You know, last week, I think a week ago, I was here at the Tuesday meeting. And somebody came up to me and you know, he began to share my testimony. He said, it's been just two weeks I come to Arise. And I was like, how did you know about Arise? He said, like... 
I have my friend in Paris, and she, you know, was checking Facebook, and finally she saw Arise. Man, from Paris, you know, they directed this man in Tampa to come to this church. Let me tell you, God knows where you are. God can, you know, God can take you into the right place. You are not here accidentally. Let me tell you today. Let me prophesy over your life. You are not here accidentally. God brought you here for a reason. God brought you here to restore your life. God brought you here to change your life, to transform your life. Verse 6 says, Jesus came to the well at the sixth hour. What is the significance about the sixth hour? I believe this way. This lady, because she had gone through that brokenness, she didn't want to reveal to anybody. She was thinking that at the sixth hour, nobody will find her. She was trying to hide herself. She was coming to that place thinking that nobody will find her. She was thinking that nobody will recognize who she is. But let me tell you, even at that sixth hour, Jesus was waiting. I'm here to tell you today, even at the sixth hour, when, when you think that everything is going to be dark, when you think that nobody is going to see you, right at that place, Jesus is there to touch you. The reason why Jesus waited for her was because Jesus knew very well that sooner or later she will come there. And let me tell you, Jesus knows that even in our life, he meets, at, he meets us at different places because he knows that sooner or later we will come to him. Amen? I'd like to share a testimony, maybe like it makes sense for you. You know that me and my wife, we are missionaries. We travel a lot. We have been to different countries, almost 26 countries, preaching the gospel at a young age. And we are missionaries to Muslim brothers. And uh, one time, we had the opportunity to travel to Vietnam, which is a communist country. And we were there for four days uh, ministry there. You know, it's an underground church. Oh, so awesome. The service starts from, you know, 9 to 4 in the morning. It's so amazing. So after the service, like on, we were supposed to come back to India on Monday afternoon. But on Saturday night, the Lord told me to cancel my return ticket. Man, that's not good. I thought of rescheduling, but the Lord said, no, you shouldn't reschedule. Just cancel it. Just let that money go. I want you to take another ticket and go to Malaysia and wait at that country for two days. The word of God was so strong. God gave me the grace, his grace to obey that voice. Didn't think about anything. Just canceled it. We went to Malaysia, waited there for two days. And on the second day, God gave us the direction to take another flight. And that flight was at 12 a.m. at night. Man, it's not easy to travel, you know, from an unknown country like 12 a.m., but we still managed to reach there. The story in short, we were there at the airport. We got into plane. We both were really tired. We were in the flight and sleeping. Suddenly, my wife woke me up. She's like, God is speaking to me. I'm like, okay, what he wants to speak to you at 2 a.m.? He's like, I won't. the Lord is telling me to speak tongues loudly. I'm like, man, this is crazy. First of all, I'm tired. Tongues is not coming to me right now. <laughs> you know, like nothing is coming. I'm just tired. And she's like, no, the Lord is telling me to pray right now, loudly. I'm like, no, I can, I, I can pray in my heart. She's like, no, 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 I want you to pray loudly. So <laughs> sometimes you need to obey, man. I, I just, we just hold our hands together. 
you know, we just, we just begin to pray. As we begin to pray, you know, like the Lord began to inspire us. We begin to pray loudly. I know it's not good to do like that, but still, sometimes when the Lord asks you to do, you need to do it because it can change the atmosphere. So, so we did it, and suddenly a young man, like who was sitting nearby me, like a 30-year-old man, you know, who looks very strong, like, man, 30-year-old man doesn't cry like that. But he began to cry like a baby. He began to cry and cry, and I'm like, man, did I do anything wrong? He's like, no, 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 no. What happened to you? He's like, are you a pastor? I'm like, yes. He began to cry. He began to share his testimony. This guy... He comes from a broken family, like finan financially, they, don't, they are not well positioned. So he was in search of a job here in Malaysia. Somebody offered him, a company offered him a visa, and he, he took a, m a lot of money from other people and gave the money. He took a visa and came to this country, and when he came at the immigration, it was found that it was a fake company, and the vis visa was not right. So the immigration officer from there caught him and put him in the prison for four days. And finally, they understood that this man is so innocent, but they, you know, like, sent him back and put that, you know, seal in the uh, passport and everything. This guy is going back, and he was like, brother, it's been four days, I didn't eat anything. Completely messed up. And I was like, what is happening with you? And he began to tell me his story, and he's like, I thought... Today, as I reach back my country, that's my, like in India, I'm thinking of committing suicide. Right that, that inside that flight at 2 a.m., God began to minister to that guy. Let me tell you, by the time we, our flight reached our country, this man accepted Jesus as his savior. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, Jesus will show up when you least expect him. Sometimes in your life, you think like this is not the place for Jesus to come into my life. You might be in the bar. You might be in the wrong place. You might be thinking that, no, this is not the right place for me. But let me tell you, if you are a brokenhearted vessel, he don't want to lose you. You are his precious child. You are created in his image. Even though you have gone in the wrong way, God is telling you today, he has chosen you. Even when you were formed in the womb of your mother, he chose you, he separated you, and he has a purpose for your life yes. same happened with this woman she didn't want to show herself she was trying to hide herself and now Jesus met her at that well at the sixth hour now I'm going to share about something that we're going to discuss for the later part there is two perspective that I'm going to share from John chapter 4 verse 7 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says like this, give me a drink. You know, during the conversation, Jesus meets this woman, and they, they are trying to build up a conversation, and Jesus is telling this woman, give me a drink. Have you read that portion? Yes, right? You know, when, when, when I read this verse, I was totally confused. I don't know whether you got confused. I was confused because I was just thinking, Jesus, the creator the God with all power, the man with all authority, the man who could heal the sick, a man who could raise the dead people is now asking a woman, uh, you know, a broken person, you know, like a Samaritan woman, like she, he's asking her, give me a drink. What do you mean by that? Was Jesus actually meaning that he wants to drink? No. 
Because in the next verse he says that the water that you are drinking will never take away your thirst. But I am here to give you a drink. But then the question is then why did you say that you need a drink? There is a meaning for that word. So I'm going to share with you about what Jesus meant by that. So before you know the details of the, the message about it, you need to know there is a history behind the Jews and the Samaritans. You know, there was a kind of division between the people in Samaria and the Jews because they didn't have a good relationship. They were divided. And, you know, the Jews were not supposed to go to Samaria because they, I mean, they considered the Samaritan peoples as outcast people, you know, like people with no value and things like that. So no Jew was supposed to, was allowed to go through Samaria. But Jesus is now here at this place, Samaria, and more than that, he is now talking to a woman. According to the law, a Jew is not supposed to go through Samaria, meet somebody, sit in a place, or even take anything from people from Samaria, especially a woman. That's the law. But Jesus is now here asking this woman, will you give me a drink? Amen? Amen. Sometimes, you know, God deals with us in a different way. I believe this way. Jesus, by asking this question, was trying to build a relationship with her. He was trying to bring up a conversation. You know, I always think this way. I always believe this way. The right way to share the gospel is not by preaching. It's just by, through conversation. Do you, do you believe me? You can share gospel through just simple conversations. Maybe with your colleague, maybe your friend, maybe the people you think that they will never take the gospel. You can build relationship. And that's the strategy that Jesus did over here. He just tried to open up a conversation. And he says, I need a drink. So Jesus, by asking that question, was trying to deal with a personal issue that this woman was going through. You know, Jesus always wants to deal with our personal issue. What was her personal issue? Her personal issue was that, you know, when you read the scriptures after that, it says that she had about five husbands and now she's into another relationship. That means she was a person who had a broken relationship with people. Yes. Are you getting me? Yes. Okay. So this woman had a thirst in her life. When Jesus was asking her a drink, he was trying to mean that I am here to remove your thirst. I'm here to quench your thirst. Jesus was not thirsty. He was not in thirst, but he knew that this woman is going through a thirst. Amen. And I was just, you know, meditating and asking the Lord, what is the thirst that she was going through? You know, as just I read, this woman had about five relationships, right? I believe this way, that this woman was thirsty. She was in thirst for real love. You know, it's sometimes easy for us to judge people who have many relationships, right? We look from outside and we say, oh, man, don't go to that person. He is like that, you know? Such people, avoid them. But you need to know that this woman, she was into many relationships, not because she was a sinner, because she was in a real thirst. 
Because she expected that through her relationship, each marriages that she went through, through each husbands that she had, she expected that she will receive, she will, she will get what she wants. Let me tell you, young boys and, you know, people over here, sometimes we feel that our thirst can be quenched with our relationship with others. Are you getting me? Sometimes we think that if I make a relationship with that person, maybe that person can help me. Maybe I'll get love from that person. Maybe you go with another person, another person, and you are searching for real love. But let me tell you, you are at the right place here because Jesus is here to quench your thirst. She was in a thirst for real and for real love she thought that by building relationship with different men she will be able to get what she wants but the reality was there the thirst remained forever isn't it true that sometimes we go behind the world we go for love acceptance and recognition and we don't get what we deserve and they, that makes our heart broken amen i believe that this woman she had three different kind of thirst one thirst for real love two thirst for acceptance three thirst for recognition each time when she went through that relationship she thought that these areas will be satisfied by you know each man but what happened it didn't it didn't go that way let me tell you, all these years she was trying to pacify her thirst, but Jesus is here right now to satisfy her thirst. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, men and women or whatever relationship in this world can only pacify your thirst. Maybe for an hour, maybe, maybe, maybe for a day, maybe for an year, they can pacify your thirst, but Jesus can satisfy your thirst. How many of you say amen for that? Jesus can satisfy your thirst. You might be thirsty for something today, but let me tell you, don't go to the world. Don't go behind people. Don't go behind your wife or husband or you know, any other people. Go to Jesus because he can satisfy your needs. I love to preach this because Jesus met my needs. I always say like this, I preach Jesus, I, I preach this living word, not because my dad is a pastor, not because I was born in a Christian family, I preach about this living God because he met my needs, he fulfilled my life, he, he satisfied my life, it's not because I don't, I, I, I don't have any trouble in my life, I do have troubles in my life, but I know one thing, that Jesus is here in my life to satisfy all my needs. She was there to take some water from that well. And she thought by taking water from there, her thirst can be pacified. And Jesus is telling, I'm here to offer you living water. I'm here to offer you a water that can become a fountain in your life.
Hallelujah. Let me tell you, you know, this is our story. I know that many of you have this story to share with me today. You will be telling that, brother, that was my story. I was seeking for love. I was seeking for recognition. I was seeking for something from people. But when Jesus came into my life, God began to use me. Hallelujah. God began to use me like a founder. Now, right now, God is using me for others. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus said, give me a drink, he was actually trying to meet her personal issue. And her personal issue was that she was in thirst. Secondly, Jesus is trying to tell her, woman, you know, he's trying to tell Samaritan woman that this woman has something, some issues, some finite problems in her life, Okay. She, she, she got something. She, you know, she is there to get some water from that well. And, and in my words, I would say like this. She was there with some finite problems, but Jesus was there to give her something infinite, something everlasting. You know, each time when you come before God's presence, you can expect this in your life. You come with some finite problems. You come with some sickness. That finite problem can be your broken marriage, your problem, you know, your day-to-day -day problems that you face, anything that is dealing with your life. But let me tell you, every time when you come before God's presence, that finite problem, you can exchange it. Oh, somebody didn't get that. You can exchange your finite problem and you can take the infinite love of God in your life. You can take away the everlasting life of God in your life. You know, years before, when I was touched by the Lord, the Lord gave me a vision. I believe that this vision will, you know, help you. The vision was like this, like, and I saw this picture, a group of men climbing up a mountain. And on the top of the mountain, Jesus is telling them, all those who are weary and tired, you know, let them come to me. All those who are carrying the heavy burden, come to me. I will give you rest. So I saw this vision like people are climbing up the mountain. And as they climbed up the mountain, I saw another picture, Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the cross, and I saw in this picture a big basket underneath the cross. And on the cross, like Jesus is telling this word, Leave your burdens here. So I saw a group of people who are carrying these burdens. They came to the cross. They looked at Jesus. They prayed to him. They walked away. They didn't lay their problem. But then I saw another group of people. They came to the cross. They looked at Jesus. They heard his voice. They laid their problems. And when they laid the problems into that basket, he said on the cross, it is finished. You know, sometimes this is a real thing in our life too because we come to the presence of God most of the times. We come to the church. We come before God with our burdens, but we are not getting, we are not ready to lay it down. Amen. Did you get what I'm trying to tell you? We are not ready to lay it down. The key for the divine exchange is if you are ready to lay it down at the feet of Jesus, he's there to help you. The problem is you come to God's presence, you come to Sunday service, you go to prayer meetings, you listen to all the YouTube messages. The problem is you are still carrying it on your shoulders. But today God wants to tell you, lay it down, confess with your mouth because he is there to set you free.
Amen. Just through confession, you can lay your problems down. If there is somebody here who doesn't know how to lay your problems, I tell you the key is just come before him. Just tell him what you want. Just tell him who you are. Just tell him what is your problem. Confess it because there is power in confession. When you confess your problems before God, he is there to help you. The first perspective that the Lord gave me from this verse is that when Jesus asked a drink from this woman she was trying he was trying to address her personal issues the second meaning that the Lord gave me from this passage was that do you know that this passage is one of the longest conversation that Jesus ever had with somebody in the gospel okay so also when you read this passage the question that Jesus said the, the, the request that Jesus said would you give me water it's, it's, it, it, it's mentioned twice in the Bible, in the, in the gospel. One you can find in John chapter 4, and the next one you can find in John chapter 19, verses 28. In John chapter 4, he says to this woman, give me your drink. And in John chapter 19, Jesus on the cross, he says, give me water. I am thirsty, right? Have you read about it? You know, as I was reading, the Lord began to put it together. It, 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 it became a revelation to me. See, in the book of Numbers, we find that there is a law concerning unfaithful wives. In the Old Testament, it's, it, it's mentioned there is a law for the unfaithful wives. And in Numbers chapter 5, it's, it's, it's really lengthy, but I'm ju just going to make it really short. In Numbers chapter 5, it says like this, if a woman is found to be unfaithful in her relationship, she has, you know, her husband can bring her before the high priest. The high priest then, you know, like takes a, takes a cup of water. It's, it's a kind of ceremonial thing. Like he takes a cup of water and he takes dust from the floor of the tabernacle and sprinkle it into the water and the water and, and he curses the water the water becomes a bitter water okay so if this if this woman is found unfaithful if she is really unfaithful in her relationship as she drinks that bitter water she becomes cursed she becomes barren that's the old testament law concerning unfaithful wives so in the Old Testament, a high priest, when a woman like her past comes before her, the, uh, the, the high priest will force her to drink the cup of bitter water. Are you getting me? Okay. Now who is Jesus? He is the high priest, right? He's the high priest. Now this woman, this Samaritan woman is, is standing before Jesus. They are, they are talking with each other. Jesus is the high priest. He is the one who is supposed, who is having the authority to punish her. He is the person who can, who can give a punishment for her past. But now he is standing before the Samaritan woman asking her, can you give me your water? Oh, you didn't get that. He, he has the authority to force her to drink the bitter water. But instead, the high priest Jesus is now standing before this woman and says, You don't have to drink that bitter water. I am here for a divine exchange. I can take your bitter water because I am here not to judge you, but to set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you. 
Most of the time when we read that verse, it's just like, man, Jesus just asked a cup of water. What is in that? There is a reality. There is a truth. This is what he did on the cross. Amen. We were unfaithful. We were sinners. We were lost. We lost. You know, we ran away from God. Jesus is asking us today, will you give me your cup of bitter water? In John chapter 4, he's asking this woman, give me a drink. He didn't stop there, okay? In John chapter 19, verse 28, he cried out on the cross. He said, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. The next verse says, when they gave him that bitter water, what did he say? He said, it is finished. Let me tell you, your brokenness, your bitter experiences, your sin, the guilt that you are carrying for long years, the, 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 the wrong things that you've done in your past, Jesus is here to tell you, give me your bitter water. Give me a cup of bitter water. Give me that sickness. Give me that problem. Give me what you have with you. I am here for a divine exchange. Because on the cross, he said, it is finished. Church, let me tell you, I believe in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He said it is finished. If he said it is finished, I believe it is finished forever. Jesus is here today not to judge you. He is here for an infinite exchange. Can you please stand on your feet right now? This morning, you might be here with a lot of pain in your life, but God is calling you for an infinite exchange. I love this verse in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. It says, to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise of, for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I don't know whether you caught this or not. The Lord says, give me your ashes. Sorry, give me your ashes. I will give you beauty. It says, give me your pain. I will give you joy. Give me the spirit of heaviness. I will give you praise. Hallelujah. Do you have that ashes in your life? you have that brokenness in your life? I'm here to declare. I'm here to prophesy over your life. You are at the right place. You are at the right place. You can exchange it with Jesus right now. Can you just close your eyes right now? Now, sometimes we come before God's presence and we don't have any expectations. But I just want to, I just want to, you know, encourage you to expect something from the Lord this morning. If you are with a sickness right now, pray so that God can touch you right now wherever you are. You might be watching me through online. You might be here in this place physically. Let me encourage you. If you have a sickness in your body, just lay your right hand over there. You can just pray over yourself. You, know, you don't need anyone else to come and lay over you. But right now, wherever you are, if you need a divine exchange in your life, just lay down. Just, just lay your hands over your problem. Like wherever you have, I'm going to pray for you. 
I'm going to pray for you. I just want everyone to pray right now. Hallelujah. Father, we believe in the divine exchange. We believe in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Every bitter cup that, you know, every war, every bitter experience they are going through. I pray right now for a divine exchange in the lives of people. Right now, Lord, I pray for the spirit of depression to leave from the life of people. Right now, I declare in the name of Jesus, the spirit of heaviness to move over the life of people. There is somebody here. You are facing that spirit of heaviness for a long time. You think that you are unworthy. You think that your life is a mess. You think that nobody can help you. But today, I'm here to declare that Jesus is here to restore your life. Jesus is here to cleanse your life. Jesus is here to bring a newness into your life. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider subscribing and sharing this on all your social platforms? If you are moved by the message and would love to share your testimony, please email it to amen at myariseChurch.com. I pray you leave here feeling encouraged. See you next time. Thank you.